is fine, they say. All we got is time and we can't waste all day. And what is it you got up in that rolling tray? Let me find that peace of mind. Think it's about time to unwind. P2W Radio presents The Law Factor. Case Keenum got the starting job. Josh Doxson may be traded. And at least Moreau is healthy enough to potentially come back. Um, the Jordan Reed hit is still blowing my mind. I want that safety fined, suspended, all of the above. If we're going to regulate helmet and head-to-head safety, I mean, come on. But we'll get to all that soon here. Quick rundown of the show. I'm going to do some Redskins talk. I'm going to get into a specific story uh, about uh, a win over the Denver Broncos a long time ago and how I was too drunk to watch it. Um, And then I got an interview with Troy Halliburton to talk about, you know, where is Isaiah Thomas going to fit? And also to finish a Twitter conversation that we had about Kanye West. So stay tuned for that. Redskins talk, man. There's where to begin. I can smell the season. You know, last episode I joked about, you know, it becoming fall season and it was 94 degrees outside this week. I'm actually I've seen I've seen leaves falling. The temperature, I wanted to start a fire. I don't have a fireplace. Um, but, you know, it's just, it's just, it's starting to get there. I watched that Miami, Florida game. That was wild. It was the sloppiest game I've seen in for a while. But I was cocking back, watching that outside at my buddy's house. But the Redskins, case, case is starting. Did anyone ever think anything differently? The guy didn't even have a competition. And that's what kills me. You know, I, I read a lot of the Twitter back and forth. I've, I've started to follow a lot of uh, Redskins Twitter out there. I want to see what people are saying. And, you know, it blows my mind sometimes. Case was the clear starter from day one. Even when it came out that McCoy was going to start, I was like, yeah, right. This is Case's job. They traded for him. It's, it, it, was, it was a low-risk move. And, and who's to say that Haskins won't be ready in week six after we play the Eagles, the Cowboys, the Bears, the Giants, the Patriots? I mean, come on. Maybe Haskins needs a couple more, you know, a couple more reps uh, to get right. You know, I saw a lot of positive things. I would start him right now, but I, I think they've made it pretty clear that it's Case's job and he wasn't going to lose it. So uh, moving right on from that, I mean, I think it's, it's you know, I th- judging from his past, you know, he, he, do- he doesn't really turn the ball over too much. You know, I think it was 15 interceptions last year, seven the year before with the Vikings. Doesn't throw for a ton of yards. Hasn't had a year where he's exploded for a bunch of touchdowns. Um, but a guy who can give you, I think, everything that Alex Smith gave us last year that led us to six and two. And I don't, do I think Alex Smith could have sustained that? I don't know. He was throwing for 170 yards and one touchdown. I think Case is going to air it out a little bit more. And that's why I didn't want, you know, that's why that Jordan Reed injury is still lingering. It still has me so ticked off because we didn't need that. We don't need you headhunting Jordan Reed, Neil, please. I mean, come on. There's no room for that in the game. Um, but it happened. Uh, but I think Case will air it out, which takes me right into Doxon. Doxon. I've been a Doxon defender, a Doxon supporter. I've been trying to, you know, just he's a jump ball guy. Uh, you know, throw it up to him. 
I mean, the guy has had 500 years, 500 yards, two years in a row, and his catch ratio is garbage. You know, one year 44%, last year a little bit better at 56%. You know, I I believe in his ability, but this is where this was my final straw. This is where I lost it. This is where I I tripped over the landmine and I just blew up. Was when I saw him like Sua Craven's tweet about the Redskins medical staff. I'm done with all this. I'm so done with it. I'm just going to X you out unless you're Trent Williams and then you can come back whenever you'd like. But, you know, don't like that tweet. You know, this is still your employer. We don't know what happened with Sua Cravens. And maybe Doxon does. And maybe the Redskins are wrong for it. But they're paying you millions. You know, just don't like that tweet. And I know not everyone's going to agree with that. And people can do what they want. That's just my tipping point. I was just like, man, this guy has never seen bought in. Any interview, rare to find, that he does, he just kind of seems like he's a mope. And, and I and I, be, I believe in his talent. If you're not all in, you've seen us cut Gillette. You've seen us get rid of Baker. You've seen us get rid of linebacker Brown. You know, guys who talk, guys who are vocal on social media, Mason Foster, hello, they're not lasting. They haven't lasted in Bruce's regime. If you're too vocal, this team doesn't want you, and I'm kind of buying into that motto. I'm bought in. And and so that was just my tipping point with Josh Doxon. It wasn't even necessarily anything on the field. It wasn't that drop versus Kansas City that would have won us the game and really t- put us on the national stage. It wasn't that. It's unfortunate. Uh, I, I believe in him, but I got to move on. Moreland, you know, Moreau, it came out that, you know, he, he the injury's not too serious, and that's great. But Moreland may have already taken that position. The guy has been a stud. He comes up and just and and he gets in the box and makes tackles like like he's six foot three. He's a smaller guy and he get what what he seemed to do really well was he just kind of got his hands up, got his hand into running lanes. You know, you you just trip people up and let a Landon Collins clean that up. Bostic is always around the ball. Let him clean that up. But if you just blow up a play, if you just get your hand in a passing lane, in a running lane, you could make plays. And that's something that Jimmy Moreland has shown in this preseason. He may have already won the job. We went from not being deep at corner to potentially having a pretty solid four. And then you look at one of the the Hokies to emerge as your fifth. And that's five pretty solid guys. Stroman has experience. You know, so that cornerback's position, I think, is money. Um, and so I, I was glad to hear, you know, that Moreau, you know, I like him. If you look at some of his last games last season, he was making plays, getting interception, batting balls. I'm not down on him. I'm just thinking Moreland may have won the job. And sometimes, you know, coaches always preach competition, competition, competition. And I think those guys are making themselves, getting themselves better. And I think the wide receivers are helping. You got a lot of young, hungry wide receivers out there right now. Will we see their talents? Not this week. You know, maybe, hopefully game one, we'll get to learn who Scary Terry is because we still don't know. I I loved the way that he drew that call, though, in the end zone. It was savviness for a young guy. Uh, So I believe, you know, I'm believing the hype. I'm believing that we're kind of keeping him on the wing. Um, And and so, man, I mean, I'm getting myself all pumped up. It's just like for the first time, you just have young guys. I have no expectations. I can't give you stat lines. I really can't. You know, I could try to give you cases, but who knows? I'm not even going to try. I'm going to let it all play out. And, and 
It's different. It's a different feeling than years past. Even years past, I knew we were going to be bad. We didn't have hope. This year, it's like the hope's in the future. The hope's in watching us actually build a product. And that's why I'm signing Jay to a two-year extension. Leave it at that. I used to be a season ticket holder. Talked to you guys about that last episode. Uh, Miss it. Miss it every Sunday. But damn, do I love Red Zone. Damn, do I love cooking up some wings, cocking back on the couch, grabbing my natter day and just watching football. Um, and, you know, there's nothing like it. Do I miss tailgating? Do I miss getting out there? Hell yeah. And I'm going to do it again this year for sure. You know, play to win. We're planning on hosting a tailgate. I'm bringing the keg. So stay tuned on that. Um, follow P2W Radio to stay tuned. Um, you know, I want to tell you one story, you know, and I got a, I got a series of stories I'm going to tell here in the next few weeks leading up to game day. One is about, you know, who took a dump in the, you know, the tent potties that you bring to, to the tailgate parties. Um, everyone has their own like little tent and buckets that they're peeing in now. And we had a friend drop a dump in one. But today I'm going to talk about a time um, I was a young lad. It's 2009, so I'm not necessarily that young. Uh, my brother Scott uh, from the Outer Banks drove up to come to a game. Always a good time seeing live stuff with him. And I just turned up. It was cold out. Actually, it wasn't cold. It was like 72 degrees, and I'm just making an excuse. But I was just drinking liquor to start. You know, and that's early. That's you get out there 10, 1030, straight liquor to the dome. And, you know, here's how it ended. Typically, I went very hard during games. I would clap up the entire walkway from the bottom to the top, just clapping, cheering, yelling at opposing fans. I was that asshole. Um, But I could tell once I got to about the second quarter, things were about to go south. Kids sitting around me, parents, I'm up in the 400s. I get a Papa Papa John's pizza just because I need to fill my stomach with something. I start eating the pizza and then for sure, I just start vomiting all over. My box, my the pizza, the chair, the the lady in front of me got some some splatter that I don't even think she ever noticed. The, this little seven year old boy was sitting behind me, already staring at me because I've been making an ass of myself. Is now appalled. His parents have to cl- like close his eyes because he's watching someone die in the four hundreds. Um, so eventually, I get up. Uh, my brother gets me to a bathroom. And I guess I end up spending the whole third quarter and the fourth quarter sitting on the floor of the of the public bathroom in the 400 section. I I even think that I was in the handicap. So if anyone came in there with a wheelchair, they were fucked because they saw a lifeless body laying on the floor. I can't believe that nobody turned me in. I even at one point got out, walked to get some fresh air, immediately had to turn around and go back into the bathroom. That's how hurt I was. It was insane. It was unlike anything. You never want to get sick, alcohol sick, in a public bathroom, especially where there was my brother. Where were my friends? No one came and grabbed me. No one was, I mean, I think they may have checked on me a couple times, but you know, my brother lives in the Outer Banks. He doesn't get up to see games too often. He wasn't letting me uh, make him miss a play. Uh, We ended up beating the Broncos. This is in 2009. Um, Jason Campbell's the the quarterback going against Kyle Orton. Jim Zorn, I think, was the coach. Uh, And we beat the Denver Broncos. My brother came up, got to see a win. I saw the uh, grimes of everybody's feet walking by the, the stalls of the public bathroom.
Yes, the silence was actually needed. I got Troy Halliburton coming up on deck. Talk about where Isaiah fits in. We rap about Kanye West. And he plugs his Locked On Wizards podcast. Stay tuned. We just wanted not to roll another one, yeah I hit the beast, get inspiration from the sun, yeah Find a happy place and grab a cup in it Boy, I'm their liquor and it's finer If you like true dude food, then you've got to head over to our website at p2wradio.com where we have a Wing Wednesday article written every single week by our guy, Alex Uplinger. Knows everything about wings in the DMV area. He loves them hot, fried, Korean fried. He takes it every which way. Follow him at Alex underscore up seven. Uh, He's a writer for the Blue Wire. Also contributes for us again Check them out on p2wradio.com. Ain't gonna get no rest. Say I'm out here blowing up, but really, I'm just catching reps. Yeah, yeah. Way too much shit up on my brain. Sounded like a broken record. Wait, tell me that I'm great. I just do it for my mama, making sure that she be straight. Like a comic boy, hero, ain't gonna always wear case. Feet on the ground, but my head in the sky. Hard to stay focused. Welcome back to the Law Factor. I know this is the time you guys were all waiting for. We got Troy Halliburton in the studio on the mic to talk Wizards with us. Say what's up to your fans. Uh, what's going on, guys? Uh, Brian, thanks for having me on the podcast, man. Yeah, no problem at all. It's actually kind of funny. We have a mutual friend, Jamal. Uh, so we've run into each other a couple times here. And he just had a baby boy. So if you're listening, Jamal, congratulations. Exactly, Jamal. Big, big time, man. I already know Jamal's going to... Uh, be uh, stage dadding it up on his LeVar Ball stuff so he can uh, <laughs> so he can get his kid to, uh, to, to the NFL. <laughs> yeah, young, young son, uh, being a parent is crazy, but let's not get into that. This is my escape from all that. Uh, I'm bringing you on just because you, you have a Locked On Wizards podcast. Um, you also write for the Washington City paper, both about local sports and national sports. And I just want to pick your brain about a couple of things. Are you ready? Yeah, I'm ready. Let's get into it. So we signed uh, Isaiah Thomas in the offseason. Some people, super salty. Uh, if you look at you know the more advanced stats, doesn't necessarily glow at you. Um, last three years have been a bit of a struggle. Um, dealing with injuries and whatnot. But I got to know from someone who's plugged in, where do you see him fitting into our rotation, both uh, without Wall and then once if Wall comes back? Uh, well, let's. We have to start with the fact that uh, well, Wall is probably going to be out for the majority of the season, uh, and I will guarantee you that he's going to miss at least the amount of games that Ted uh, Leonis is going to be able to get the insurance check for uh, for Wall. So whatever whatever threshold the amount of games that is, I guarantee you he misses that amount of games. But gotta get your money. Exactly, exactly. But as far as uh, what uh, it is going to be able to bring to the team, I think that. Uh, when you look at uh, them, them going out and letting Thomas Sadoransky go from last year's team and really only going signing Ish Smith, who is, you know, uh, you know, to his credit, he, he's stayed in the NBA for, you know, close to a decade now, but he's a career backup. So there is opportunity for Isaiah Thomas to come into the Wizards and be able to play. And I think that uh, we have to look at the fact that Isaiah hasn't spent his last two offseasons healthy. 
So we're kind of getting him in a, in a point of his career where, you know, he's had he had that major hip injury uh, from 2017. Uh, and he this is his first summer where he's actually gotten a chance to, you know, kind of work out, get his conditioning right and, you know, get his body back into peak condition. So what, whatever it is that Isaiah Thomas uh, can bring to a team, I think that we'll get uh, the best version of him uh, with the Wizards. And where do, where do you think that is? Do you think he's starting originally? Do you think once Wall comes back, he comes off the bench? Because I think he's best served coming off the bench at this point in, of his career. Uh, with the Celtics, you know, he had a, a kind of a young roster and a couple veteran bigs that he could kind of do what he do what he wants with. Um, and I think at this point with the Wizards rotation, he is going to get up as many shots as he possibly wants. So kind of where do you see him fitting in there? Yeah, well, I definitely see him uh, coming off of the bench. Uh, I definitely see him coming off the bench as uh, probably the most efficient role for him to have on the team just because uh, with Bradley Bill like, kind of coming into his own as a, as a ball-dominant player, uh, there really just doesn't make sense to have two ball-dominant players in the lineup at the same time, whereas a player like Ish Smith, who is more of a, the traditional point guard in a sense, where he can come in and kind of just push the ball up the court and kind of get people involved. And I think that it'll be great for when Brad uh, gets those spells, you know, uh, in the second quarter and in the uh, beginning of the fourth quarter, that, you know, that'll be Isaiah Thomas's time for him to come in and, you know, kind of have the ball in his hands and try to recreate some of that magic that he had uh, in Boston. And so when we look at, um, the, the reason why Isaiah Thomas was so successful in Boston was because uh, Brad Stevens was able to kind of center uh, that their offense around his skill set. So, you know, they had guys like Avery Bradley and Marcus Smart, who are other guards who are not really ball dominant guards, and they're also uh, primary defenders. So they kind of could uh, uh, kind of mask uh, some of Isaiah Thomas's deficiencies on the defensive end while, like, you know, just literally giving him the ball and letting him go to work. And, and as Wizards fans, we, we got a chance to see firsthand uh, what he can do when he's dropping 53 points on the Wizards' heads in the uh, in the 2017 playoffs. Yeah, and I mean, that's still a dark stain in my memory. Uh, it's hard. It's, it's different. We don't usually have this situation where we got to root for the villain. Um, he's now on our team. It's a guy that I couldn't stand before. Uh, it was just sad to see the way that he went out with Denver. I thought that he would have a, a good spot there coming in from for some young guards given some veteran leadership but i think he came back from injury too late that there just wasn't a spot for him to fit in um so i hope that he resurrects his career now um you're you're recording this from the mystics game are you there covering it for any reason or are you just going as a fan i did apply for a credential uh through the locked on wizards podcast so uh, uh, i'm looking into getting into some mystics coverage uh with the locked on wizards i think I see a lot of people talking about they can't wait for basketball season to start back up when, you know, in, in actuality, basketball season is going on right now. So I come down, you know, we, we, we have the pleasure of having the best basketball team in the WNBA right now. So, you know, I, I got a chance to come down and uh, uh, see them in action. I believe that they have the makings of a championship team. So, you know, I, I, I feel it's also disrespectful to just pop up uh, during the playoffs and just try to cover games. So, I'm gonna, <laughs> <laughs> you know, to come down and do the due diligence and uh, put, in, put in some work early. And following you on Twitter, uh, at Troy Halliburt, um, that's H-A-L-I-B-U-R, 
it seems like you're DC through and through. Do you live in the district? Um, I, I've been reading some of your stuff. It sounds like you live here. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I live in DC, born and raised. Uh, went to Gonzaga College High School. Uh, shout, shout out to the Purple Eagles. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Now I went away to college in uh, uh, Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Uh, lived in uh, Texas for a little bit. Then I moved back to DC. And then now I've just, I've just, I've been here for the last few years, just, just kind of uh, uh, living the life and just trying to be a part of the epicenter of the culture and all the great things that are going on in the city. I love it. I live off of basically where Florida Ave, Benning Road, and H Street meets. Um, and okay. I love it. Oh man, yeah, that's, that's old Trinidad, man. You, yeah. you, you, you're a gangster, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> So give me a quick 30 second uh, viewpoint on the Mystics Arena Wizards practice facility. I have yet to be there. Give me 30 seconds on it. All right, uh, I think that it, the, it's, it's a state of the art facility. Um, I think that it's the future of what we can expect for WNBA and uh, G League franchises because of the size of the arena. It holds 4,500 people. So it, it, it builds up that kind of, uh, that, that collegiate atmosphere. So we're at the arena right now. And for the Mystics games, you know, you, you can you, you could touch the fans, the players, like they're very much enclosed in with the fans. And it, it just creates this, this energetic atmosphere. And I think that uh, the location is, is great. It's very, it's metro accessible. So I, I think that, uh, you know, this is probably the future of, you know, uh, smaller venues for WNBA and G League franchises. I think it makes so much sense. Uh, you mentioned Locked On Wizards. I've listened to a lot of Wizards podcasts, and quite honestly, I just don't think they're very good. And that's kind of why I've started my own, because I want to connect the local um, Wizards. I don't even know what to call us, fan bloggers, but you're more, you're, you're actually employed. Um, but I want to kind of connect us and give a platform to people to chat. And so that's kind of why I've kicked this off. But what is, for the fans who don't know, what is Locked On Wizards? All right, so uh, Locked On Wizards is an independent podcast. It's a part of an independent network, the Locked On Podcast Network, which is started by uh, David Locke, who's the radio voice of the Utah Jazz. Uh, so basically, he started a podcast um, where he was covering uh, the Utah Jazz and then the NBA in general. And he decided that, you know, why not branch out and have, uh, you know, kind of uh, micro blogging in a podcast sense uh, for each individual team. So he have, we have 30 uh, locked on uh, podcasts for the NBA teams and there are 32 uh, locked on podcasts for all the NFL teams. And there's a locked on NBA, uh, uh, locked on MLB, locked on NHL. They don't have one for uh, each of those teams yet. But uh, I think that when, when you look at uh, – the way that sports are covered in general, uh, there is a lot less of you know people who are actually down in the arenas and going to the games. And a lot of the stuff that you read, the coverage is you know kind of wire reporting or you know people who aren't really necessarily uh, grassroots, like actually at the games and 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 talking to the players and and things of that nature. And I think that what the Locked On Podcast Network brings is 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 a network of people who are in the know with uh, each individual team uh, across the nation. Yeah, I love what I'm seeing. I just recently started following you um, through the Locked On Wizards podcast. Make sure you guys, all of you, check that out. Last but not least, on Twitter recently, you and I, I wouldn't call it you know a fight by any means, but we went back and forth on Kanye West, and I had to clear the air about something. <laughs> you said my, my beautiful, dark, twisted fantasy 
was the best Kanye West album. But I need to know, is that your favorite Kanye West album? Uh, so no, my personal favorite Kanye West album is Late Registration. Um, I believe, honestly, I believe that music is really nostalgic in a sense. So you can listen to music and you know it it, it it takes you to a certain place in a certain time like you can you can just vividly remember being there so when, when i listen to uh, late registration i think of you know transitioning from you know uh, adolescence into adulthood and i think of you know some of the, the the lessons that i learned from listening to that album and i i remember that the old kanye like that that was the guy who was you know, uh, do you uh, miss him? Yeah, I do miss the old Kanye. You know, the the socially aware Kanye West, the uh, the guy who used to use soulful uh, samples in his music. Uh, you know, he used the, the soulful samples where he uh, he slowed it down and he sped it up with the with, with the like the chipmunk sound. Like I I miss that Kanye West, and I think that you know he came out for for a guy like me who uh, even though I am from D.C. like I come from a a, a nice uh, middle 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 class uh, family. Uh, to Two parent home, like so, I can't relate to you know selling drugs on the corner. I was, I definitely grew up more in the backpack rap, and I, I grew up wearing uh, polo shirts, you know, popping my collar. You know that 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 was the type of guy that I was. So I could just his music resonated a lot more with me from from that point in time in his career. But you're no longer a, necessarily a fan of his newer stuff, or do you still? vibe with it but you're not gonna promote that on twitter no i vibe with his music uh i think that so when we talked about and i actually went back and listened to the life of pablo and because of me yeah i i would say that because <laughs> because of that conversation you're welcome yeah i mean the life of pablo was a decent album it had it had a few good songs on there and i think that one of the things that i remember our conversation where we we differentiated between uh well i think that I didn't communicate properly when I talked about hits. I didn't mean like hits, like our charting hits. I meant just like a good song. Like do I, when I play the album, do I listen to this song or do I skip over the song? And right. so I feel like with Kanye's early albums with uh, you know, College Dropout, I don't skip any songs. Late Registration, I don't skip any songs. Graduation, I don't skip any songs. My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy, I don't skip any songs. What about 808? Oh, 808s is one of my favorite albums of all time. Like, literally. That's why, I was, that's why I wanted to talk to you, because it's hard to pick a favorite. It's, it's hard to pick a best. And I know as a writer, you're going to be a critic, and therefore you're going to kind of look at it in that way. And that's why, you know, my dark, beautiful, twisted fantasy gets a lot of hype. Um, it's just not even in my top, like, three or four. And truthfully, with Ye, I listened to that straight through. Now, the first track I have started at like two minutes and 20 seconds because it talks about murdering someone the whole time. Um, <laughs> but, af but after that, I'm listening to every single mo every second straight through. Um, so I was wondering, you know, like, are you not just Life of Pablo, but even his la like, what, uh, what was before Life of Pablo? Jesus, Jesus, um, yeah, Yes, I was. Did you bump Jesus as I, well. I bumped Jesus. Jesus, first of all, Jesus is the perfect workout music for uh, yeah. anybody that doesn't know about that. But I think that Jesus uh, was progressive for its time, and uh, what Jesus come out in 2013. I think that when you look at uh, when in 2013, people really didn't understand or see the vision. But now when you listen to guys like Young Thug and Gunna and 
you know, uh, these uh, different artists that are out right now, uh, uh, Sway Lee and these different guys, they're, they're, they're creating this punk rock sound that yep. Kanye West, like, he, he was doing in 2013. And I understood and I saw the vision then. And that's why, I'm, that's why when I tell you that, you know, I'm a fan and I'm, I'm not one of those people who's like, oh, Kanye said this, Kanye supports Trump. I don't, I can't support him anymore. That's not it at all. Like, I legit think that his music has fallen off. Like, I think the life of Pablo, like, I, I literally only like half of the songs on there. And, you know, the, the half of the songs I do like are, are, are really classic. I mean, I went back and listened to Real Friends not too long ago. I mean, and that's just, I mean, that I don't think that uh, when he says a deadbeat cousin, I hate family years, I mean, he's talking about me. So like yeah. I, I can relate to that in a, in a different sense. And then the uh, the Yay album, like I, I just I wasn't really a fan. Uh, uh, I was more of a fan of the uh, the Kid See Ghost, the uh, the joint project that he did with Kid Cudi. But that's really more because I feel like Cudi carried the project. But it, like I said, it, my well, I, I mean I can't support that. You I mean, can't. Cudi, <laughs> I mean, there's a couple good songs on that um, on that album, but I mean for the most part, I would have to give it to Yay. Uh, so one last question on Kanye then. Where do you see him going now and then and then we're out? Uh well I think that uh I think that Kanye's Kanye is going to get the juice back because he's just a natural born creative. So when you look at all right, so the, when you look at those albums that came out last year, he did uh you know the whole good music uh team and he did uh he, he produced everybody's album, he did seven songs. I mean, he's tried to stretch himself really thin by doing that, but I mean quiet as has kept that push a T album, which was completely executive produced by Kanye West, this this cause a classic so i mean kanye still has the ability to make great music within him so i mean i have no doubt in my mind that kanye is going to make great music going forward for the future you know i i think that he whereas we, we're talking about a guy who was you know like mj where he was six and oh in the finals you know he's looking more like lebron he's taking a couple finals l's in his last couple of albums so that's, that, he's, that's he's still a goat comparison he's still a goat though he's still up there but you know he. I, I I do think one thing that's really a problem right now is just how many people are involved on his albums, like ghostwriters, you know, how quickly he's trying to put them out. I just don't know if they're as fine-tuned as they once were. So I'd like to see him, you know, I know he went to Wyoming, but you hear all these stories that Drake tells. And, I mean, Nicki Minaj essentially ghostwrites on the album. You know, she says it and on the Ye album. Yeah. So, I mean, I just, like, wonder if there's too many hands uh in the pot now but you know i still love everything he's got I, that he got so i'm glad i could clarify what's your favorite because as long as you say one of the first two albums i'm sold and uh I, i'm not i'm not dogging you anymore yeah uh, no i i appreciate that but hey to uh real quick to that last point i wouldn't say that it's too many hands in the kitchen with that situation because like i said uh his most critically acclaimed album uh, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy was the most collaborative uh, group effort. I mean, you know, I've done extensive research on the uh, on, on the Hawaii studio sessions that, that that Kanye had for that for that album, where you know he had the RZA, he had John Legend out there, he had uh, you know Sahai the Prince, young Sahai the Prince before anybody even heard of him. He was bringing together you know the titans of music at that time, and they were all helping him create, which you know turned out to be like I would say 
his most critically acclaimed album. So I, I think Kanye works better with people. Maybe it has something to do with Kanye as a person now that maybe he can't really work with those people or he, maybe he just doesn't work well with others. He doesn't play well with others as well as he did in the past. But I, I mean, I think if he can if he can get all that stuff back together and get those people back together, he's going to create some great stuff. Well, I think the, the, the truth is, is that he's, he's pretty trendy. You know, we've already spoken on some of the trends that, that he jumped on, whether it be punk, punk rock rap or the auto-tune album. Um, and that's why now you see him working with like Little Pump. I mean, it blows me. But, you know, at, at one point he was working with the greats. I mean, early on, Nas was on all of his albums, obviously did work with Jay. Um, and I would like to see some of that come back. You know, I, I didn't love his Nas album, um, but I did appreciate the three or four albums that he put out last year. Um, but we'll have to have a separate episode just to talk Kanye West. Um, thanks so much for coming on the podcast. Make sure you listen to uh, Troy's own podcast, Locked On Wizards. Obviously, we'll ramp up as we get closer to the season. And again, I had Troy Halliburton. Follow him at Troy, H-A-L-I-B-U-R. Thanks again, bud. All right. Thanks for having me on, Brian. I look forward to collaborating with you again in the future, man.